gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 102, the review segment for Friday, January 15th, 2016. Still the year of somebody, I'm sure. David's not around, or Dave's not around to tell me what to say. So for now, it's the year of Michael Bay, Oof. the heroes of Benghazi, because we're here to review 13 Hours, the secret soldiers of Benghazi. And uh, that one random voice you heard, that's Jordan Hoffman, who's joining us. Hello. Steve yeah. Critic of The Guardian and Film.com. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy. Wow. Yeah. How many but, uh, how many other dead outlets have you worked for in your past? Oh, <laughs> Ivian's dead. No, don't I'm mention not, uh, don't dead name, dead. Don't dead name me like Ricky Gervais. Uh I've I've closed out many websites, but uh <laughs> The Guardian lives and uh I don't mass- think you're capable of killing the Guardian. No, no. Don't don't dare him. That's <laughs> true. This is not a challenge. So uh we all saw thirteen hours of secret soldiers in Magazi. Uh, no, and uh, we're just going to call it 13 Hours. Yeah, I believe. I believe. No, say I, the full I, title like, every single no, time, I please. I refuse to acknowledge the studio-mandated bullshit subtitle. Are they Well, you got to get the word secret? Benghazi in there. Are they secret soldiers? I thought it was very clear who was there. Well, I guess uh, the idea uh, is, like, because these guys were, like, contractors who were at a secret CIA compound that was near the ambassador's office. So, like, I see. But they're not really soldiers. They were- they're, they're all really secret. So, That's the yes. whole problem is they're not allowed to behave like soldiers. These pansy-ass wimps from the CIA <laughs> hold them back. I think, oh, I see, the pansy When uh, they want to go out and get results, but these snot-nosed twerps the from man. Yale and Harvard. In a polo shirt. Specifically yeah. Harvard, I believe. They mentioned Yale, it many Harvard, times. Harvard, and wherever else you'll find Jews and homosexuals. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't let these men do what they need to do. So if it's not clear, we brought Jordan on because Jordan has very strong feelings about 13 hours. Let's uh, go real quick before we get into strong feeling. This is a Michael Bay movie in that it involves uh, American flag slapping in the breeze and uh, an irresponsible amounts of magic hour that don't make any sense by the calendar and men with rippling muscles doing manly things. Uh, but it's also about Benghazi, a real place and a real story. And it sticks relatively close to the known facts of what happens there. We can get into how yeah. much. I mean, it's, it's based on a on a book. It's based on Mitchell Zikoff, who is a professor at Boston U. Is like, not Harvard. No, not Harvard. <laughs> One of the more well, macho based, universities. <laughs> yeah, it's based on a book that was the accounts of these commandos who were working for a private security firm that they were stationed at a secret CIA base that was in Benghazi, about a mile away from the ambassador compound that was it, attacked. Ba- based on their reports that cannot be corroborated, in which they have. You know, certainly uh, plenty of vested interest in making a real juicy tale so they can have a career giving speeches at various right wing, you know, rallies and talk radio and, and maybe sell a movie. Now, right Jordan, just Michael because K. these guys are going on the press tour for this movie doesn't mean that their facts have been played oh, in any way. I'm just saying we don't know. Well, as far as I mean, that, well, the, in the amount of research I did today, it seems some of the things that they said or at least some of the ones I looked into can be corroborated with other facts that we know. Other stuff, who knows? Uh, But when you watch this movie, you can kind of see it as like a very straightforward Black Hawk Down kind of like, here's what happened in this pretty awful situation and the soldiers who try to make it better and it's a tragedy for everyone involved. But as I think Jordan will go into and we all can too, it's also a super political story already. And the movie 
both kind of tries to shy away from it for plausible deniability and jumps right into it, which makes it really fascinating and kind of a Michael Bay movie in that it's politics role. Well, I think I think the key thing here is, you know, didn't didn't Truffaut say that all war movies are, are anti-war films? I feel like all war films are also no. He said, he, said the, he said the exact opposite. What? Thing. No, he, he said, said all all, fil- all films are anti-war films. No, he said all anti-war films are, are pro-war films. Are are yeah because they're inherently exciting. Okay, well, Truffaut war. I don't, he said one of. <laughs> no, I, I think he said that, well, someone can look this up, but I think he said that all war films are anti-war films because they showcase the horrors of You guys just hear the Francois Truffaut quotes that the government wants you to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point oh, is I that all if you make a war movie, and I was thinking about Black Hawk Down after watching 13 Hours because I was wondering if, if Black Hawk Down really was a political and as objective as I remember it being, but I'm sure it's, it's not. I'm sure that there's a lot that it's commenting on just by trying to play these events out in an objective way. You can't, right? You can't well, make an apolitical war movie. And the situation that Black Hawk Down was, was about was not nearly as politicized as Benghazi has been because few things are as politicized as Benghazi has been. Well, um, Man. I, I don't think you can, like, I, listen, I, I don't think you can make a Benghazi film uh, and not have an agenda because even to discuss it is... You know the the it's just a, it's just a light it's a it's a dog whistle it's a lightning rod for the right wing. By the way, it was um, the quote was you had it backwards, but it still remains it remains fine on on the on the you know your point is is well taken <laughs> on the uh, Truffaut thing. But um, you know there, there's a, there's a lot going on in this movie. There's a lot going on. It, it, it is incoherent, which is funny because we're kind of coming at it uh, scattershot ourselves. There there are the politics of the film which. You know, I find abhorrent, and and probably a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. Uh, our our colleague Kyle Smith, who is very much on the right, why would uh, you consider him to be one of our colleagues? Because <laughs> we see him on a regular basis, and he's a nice he guy. He's in the New York Post, you should say. Yeah, Kyle Smith, the New York Post, is is you know had a, soiled his pants with excitement during this film, you know, because he's you know this is what he what he's excited about to stick it to. Uh, you know, our future president, Hillary Clinton, who is not mentioned once in the film, but there are about uh, she's alluded to alluded to numerous times. Well, they, there are they talk about the State Department, but they don't like mention some blonde yeah, secretary of state. They, 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 they talk don't... often about how I mean, one of the undercurrents of the film is that the government and the inferences that they're talking about, the State Department have not supplied them with the means that they need in order to keep the peace in these places, uh, yeah. and that the soldiers are very much on their own, and this movie is more pro-soldier than it is anti-anything, and so yeah. uh, I think that that is really the the crux of Bay's contention, but I will argue later in this episode why none of this matters. <laughs> well, and, yeah, and I'm going to argue with you that like now's not the time for... To impose some now is not the time to politicize. Now is not the time to, to politicize mass so, Benghazi shooting. Faux, faux Brechtian nonsense on a film that doesn't merit it. To to sort of like say, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna project intelligence on a film that is really just a you know a, a garbage burger, one billion sold for an audience that <laughs> is just sort of eating its own excrement to you know perpetuate. Nonsense, lies. Is this the human are, centipede? What are you describing? Kind of is. So anyway, there's the politics of it. Then there's the movie itself, which I really do think most people will agree it is a bad movie. The 
the, the, the dialogue is atrocious. The performances are mediocre at best. The action is not particularly thrilling. There's one moment that I think has some decent action. The rest of it is just sort of, you know, just just a bunch of explosions and running around and shooting and, and blood. Maybe we should back up here for two seconds and just describe what this film actually chronicles. It starts a few days before September 11th, 2012, which was when, uh, regardless of your completely uninformed uh, beliefs as to what happened then, uh, there was an attack on a American diplomatic compound in Benghazi in Libya. The movie begins with John Krasinski, who was playing a real-life contractor. Jack Silva. Jack De Silva. Who, De Silva. Uh, De Silva. Oh, it's not even with, that epic. Uh, cannot, he's a family man. He's got a wife and some kids, and he somehow cannot seem to keep himself away from the world's most dangerous areas. He flies into Benghazi. He's picked up by... This guy named Roan, short for Tyrone, who is, uh, what's his face? James Badgedale of Iron Man 3. Irrepressible James Badgedale, who says things like, uh, karma is a bitch, and her stripper name is, what is it? It's like, payback, payback is a bitch. Payback is a bitch, and her stripper name is karma. This is the, it's a Michael Bay movie, this is how they talk. Uh, So he's a white guy with a beard number two. They use words like cockbag. Yeah. Anyway, they say they, brother a lot, and they say bad guys a lot, but I think that's all actual. Well, like, yes, <clears throat> and and then there's another bearded guy who well, looks well, a lot like James Hetfield from Metallica. Sure, <laughs> that's agreed. Uh, they are based at a secret. This is the, where the secret comes in. A secret base that's next to a shit wafting slaughterhouse, uh, a mile away from the diplomatic con- uh, compound where the ambassador to the American ambassador to Libya comes for a part of his campaign to win the hearts and the minds of the people. A sincere guy really wants to do it and accomplish good things. They're a mile away. Nobody knows that they're there. Uh, they get wind. The, the local militias that have risen up after Gaddafi's reign of terror has ended, get wind that he's there. They attack. He dies. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, he's the first <laughs> ambassador killed in the line of duty since 1979. Interestingly, he's, he dies of smoke inhalation. That's something I didn't remember. I did not know that either. Um, and then it's really just a fight until dawn and beyond of how... That is basically it's Zulu. straw dogs. Well, it's more Zulu than straw, straw dogs. Straw dogs? I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, not, they're, all, they're in a fortified military compound. They're not like in a house. There's no one trying to <laughs> rape anyone. And, <laughs> like, true, you true. Know, I think... Uh, well, I'll go with, if I have to pick between those two movies, I will have to go with Zulu. No, that is fair. Uh, you don't have to pick. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and then they fight. But what my... You know, it's very, very Michael Bay-ish. Uh, I do think that the action is well done and that they strike a nice balance between it being... Uh, it's not a Paul Greengrass movie where it's just nonsense, but it's also not Ooh. operatic. And the, like the last hour of Dark of the Moon, it is uh, somewhere in between the two. Oh no, but, I agree. it's not nonsense. Yeah, well, nonsense. what I what I feel more than anything, my main takeaway from this movie, to counter what Jordan was saying earlier, is that uh, I think what this movie is about is nothing Brechtian about it. Is that even they in the thick of this firefight? As it was being reported that it was just mild protest and it's something to do with protests in Cairo or perhaps inspired by that uh, The Innocence of Muslims video or what the fuck everyone in the Western world thought. Nobody there, including people who had been stationed there for months, had any idea what the fuck was happening. And yet here we are, 6,000 miles away, sitting on our couches, watching probably Fox News, 
given you know the, this imaginary person that I'm thinking of, uh, and assuming because of how it gets pulled through the political gristle mill uh, of these very contentious two party system debates, that we know exactly what's going on, and it's been you know spun by the other party to be some insidious event, and it's it's like I think that the real takeaway, I certainly think where Michael Bay's sentiments lie, is that these people are cannon fodder for discussions that do nothing but uh, dishonor their memories and, and don't give them the, I mean, the, you go back all the way to The Rock, which was so much about how we treat our veterans. I think this has been a uh, recurring theme for him throughout his career. And I think that uh, a lot of this movie is really just about not knowing who the good guys or the bad guys are, even when you're in the thick of things. And then no, you're, 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 I disagree. I disagree because I mean, you're giving it way too much credit. It's very clear who the good guys and the bad guys are. The bad guys are, there's two layers of bad guys. One the bad guys are Americans. Anyone who doesn't have an eight pack, if you're white, it doesn't matter. You're evil. Right. I mean, there's, there's anybody Brown. I mean, there, there are lines in the film, like, they're all bad until they're good, and you can't tell who's a good guy from a bad guy. These are actual lines of dialogue. Towards the end, they actually say, like, Libya, figure out your shit. <laughs> oh, that's the big punchline at the end, is when they leave. I don't mind they, spoiling they, it. No. They turn to the one... But, wait, 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 wait. They turn to the one good guy. Bel, uh, thing. When, one, when that guy says they're innocent until proven, or they're guilty until proven innocent, I don't see that as a moral judgment on the films we have. I see that as something that somebody who's been there and seen his friends died and been shot and his mind has this been... This is not a movie for that level of intelligent reading. Who are you well, well jo- Jordan, I'm it's... A, I'm, a, I'm a person who's had enough. I'm, hold on, I'm, hold I, on. I this psycho psychoanalytical bullshit. But Jordan, Jordan, it's not actually it's not Islamophobia because there are many scenes in this movie. I, I tend to agree with David on this that it's uh, about confusion. It's about how people yeah, are plucked from America and dropped story. into these situations. Wait, hold on. That they're dropped in these situations, and there's an amazing scene. I think after this kind of raid on the ambassador's compound and our heroes are there all macho tried to save the day they didn't actually they didn't well in this movie they're not given the clearance to do so and that's a failure on the government's part and this is part of the political edge of this movie i don't think uh bay really goes into this being very objective he's championing heroes and talking about the failures of government holding heroes back whatever that means but they do have a moment where they're standing around this compound that's filled with uh, Libyans, and they don't know who is bad and who is good. It's so confusing, they don't understand the problem they're actually there to solve, in theory. And they can't tell. That's the thing. Everyone has to be guilty, because everyone is carrying an AK-47, and you don't know who's good or bad, and anyone could shoot you. So that's, right. that's no, what I, that's I, speaking I, to, and that's not actually Islamophobic, and that's just reality. No, it's, it's nihilistic. No, I, I, I disagree. I mean, yes, that scene is in there, and it may, in fact, be drawn from reality, but it's presented in a manner that is completely nihilistic and completely fueled by anger and, and just sort of like, you know, let's just kill all these motherfuckers and take no responsibility for it. I mean, what, you know, what would the solutions have been if our boys were given the free hand to do what God put them there to doesn't do? Doesn't the movie because- judge them for that because there's a scene where a car drives by – the CIA compound, and at this point they've gone hours and hours of fighting faceless people who are throwing Molotov cocktails or just shooting into the wind, Just they're, and they're gunning people down, and a car drives by, and it's a bunch of Libyan teenagers just hanging out at like 4 a.m., and the one guy's just like, I'm just going to shoot these guys, and he doesn't. He can't. Like He 
they they drive around and they don't do that. And it's if they shot all these guys, that they, just they would be kill everyone, but they and can't. right. Well, the last thing that Michael Bay wants for any of them. Right. No, there's a line like you can't because they're not soldiers. They're they're guns for hire. Uh, soldiers of fortune. They're independent contractors. It's a different. So the, the rules of engagement really are different. Well, even if they were soldiers, you can't just. I mean, if you go and you just kill random people, you're just gonna, <laughs> not going to win the hearts and minds. No. They, they mentioned very clearly towards the end that you know they're they're waiting and waiting for the order to shoot as these people approach uh, their compound. And there's a very clear distinction between shooting at an enemy combatant and murder. And the they are. They respect it very much, and I and I think well, that no, they 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 do what they are told. I don't know that they respect it. Uh, they, they, I, I think you see these guys having a conscience about that. Like you see the one lead guy, like telling them to wait and wait and wait until they've really lined up and like don't shoot unless you see someone with a gun in their hand. That's not just that's not the stuff shirt CIA um, told them to do. They're that. very cognizant of the difference between you know. I think that they are challenged themselves as people in maintaining the divide between the bad guys and the good guys, and they wrestle with that on their own terms, but they're certainly cognizant that there is a divide because you, know, you see it reinforced throughout the movie. They're the guys, the gardener who's watching a soccer game five feet away from the firefight yeah. in an entirely different world. Uh, and he's just one of several examples in the movie. Where well, well, all right. So, so what we're, what we're focusing on here though, are, are a lot of moments of nuance that are few and far between the bulk of the picture... It is 144 is, minutes. We should is, is very is, long. It's atrocious. And the bulk of the picture is, you know, basically just war pornography mixed in with this maudlin, mawkish, uh, sentimental crap of Skyping with their kids and There's learning... There's not a lot that of that. Pregnant. There's not a lot of that. But the one, the one big scene of it is awful. And, well, there's and, there's several scenes of skyping with kids. There's like them looking at photos. There's like, I mean, there's a big moment at the very end with John Krasinski, like model. I mean, Michael Bay's always been modeling. Uh, I'll say this: there is a montage of them all skyping before the big battle with their family at once. I'm sure that's what happens. Uh, just because it happens doesn't necessarily mean that it plays well on film. Whatever. It's also a movie where, and I hope this doesn't ruin one of its moments. It presents the opportunity to to make these sort of connections and then denies it the characters but it uses that to ratchet up the urgency of what's happening um and i i think that you know it's not a game-changing choice by any measure but i think that it's effective but i really think that if you see this movie from the inside out rather than from the outside in and and think of it in terms of away from the like but because I, I think that you can think of it away from all the political mishigas that followed, I do too. but also as a response to that at the same time. And I, th I think really what it's saying is like, you know, Michael Bay, he, he does not reveal his political affiliation. No, he, made he does, a movie about, He, he made a, He does not. He does not. That he's made a movie about oil drillers saving our planet. So it's easy, you know, and, it, and he certainly has a militaristic fetish. And I think that it's He's easy in to bed infer. With him. He gets free helicopters at every Transformers well, uh, movie because he makes yeah. movies Listen, like this. if someone gave me free helicopters, I'd take them. However, <laughs> time out. Let, 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 no. Frank, Frank, I am no. not. No. I, I am not. He will not let this stand. No, no, no. But uh, when you say Michael Bay does not, uh, maybe in his previous films, I'm not going to talk about his previous films. But in this movie, 
This is I'm talking very about him much. as a person. He is not on the record. I don't care about him as a person. He could be a great guy. I'm talking about this movie. You do care is. about him as a person because your entire perspective of this movie is filtered through your understanding of who he is as a person. No, but David's saying Michael Bay doesn't go on Don Imus's show and talk I about her. shit about him. He, he could be kind to animals. I don't care. This movie is right-wing propaganda made specifically i think it's against the right i I don't know if it meant to or otherwise but i think that it's message of you don't know what the Mm. fuck happened over here can only be damaging to the right wing who have based so much of their vitriol in the past few years Uh, on the idea that they know exactly what happened over there because i'm I'm gonna kill somebody listen (laughs) this movie has one message and that message is this period new sentence make america great again that is the thesis oh of my God. All right, oh. hang on, hang on. You're jumping up here. That now, I'm not saying that he was support, in cahoots. Support your argument, Jordan. Support my argument. The whole every oh, okay. Wait, wistful, we're... every okay, here we go. Every wistful moment in this film is you know Oz and Gook and Duke and all the. I all don't these think one of them is named Gook. All right, no. well, I, I, the, all these guys, they're all yearning. They just want. Somebody to pick up the phone. Are they there for us? You know, who is that? They want that. They say we want that old fashioned American muscle. They're looking for F-14 fighters just to fly by to scare the the bad guys who are coming after them. And what does that represent? They're looking. You're yearning for the old style American militarism that was fine when found when? Well, never. But in an imagined nostalgic past, you know, the greatest generation, which is all this nonsense that's being peddled by Mr. Donald Trump and his people like him to sort of fetishize the make-believe uh, uh, American machismo that are gonna, is going to solve all society's problems. And it's, it's, you know, oh, if it was only like it was in the old days when we went into war and we won it and we won. I mean, Not- the only time they actually expressed that kind of nostalgia, though, was for Iraq, which was just as much of a mess. Like, I don't think that greatest generation nostalgia is there. Well, it is a little weird that they have nostalgia for Iraq, which is clearly a, a Bush endeavor versus Obama's failure in Benghazi. Uh, there, there is that line about Iraq because they say, and and this is a little bit to, to, to what David was saying. Also, they they have no, they don't. These people don't give a shit about Libya. They're there because they need the money. Yeah, and they also have a bloodlust and they like they're attracted to war. And they say this like you're a warrior, son. You need war, kind of like in Hurt Locker. Well, they're the last cowboys. I mean, like, what do you do when? There's yeah. no more Wild West. You what do you do when you were born to fight in a war? Well, that's what I think. The only wars that that's why I think the them. movie ends up here, Jordan. I think the movie ends up being successful in some ways because I actually like these characters. I was really surprised. I, I did not like Lone Survivor at all. I did not Terrible really care movie. for American Lone Sniper. Survivor is the movie Jordan is talking about. Yes, no, I think so. Um, these characters have charisma. They're real people. When they shoot the shit, I actually want to listen to them. There's a great conversation between James Baddiel and John Krasinski where they're talking about families, where they're talking about food, where they're just like being normal and I kind of really, I, I, I dug it. These guys are normal and having someone like John Krasinski like get ripped and have 18 pack and and go out there and and do the sniping but also do his John Krasinski thing where he's kind of sitting in the back and talking to people and being normal like that stuff really balances this all out and makes them human and when he shows up to the door and they're all kind of slackers I love the scenes where they're sitting around playing video games and kind of like oh, the jarhead aspect of this movies before. That's in yeah so but this movies. is I, we have seen a lot of movies before but I haven't seen it where I've actually 
engaged. I, I actually really like Pablo Schreiber, who plays Pornstash on Orange is the New Black. He plays this character Tonto, who's, you know, he's the class clown or whatever. But he it's that's the kind of thing. They're killing time. They can see the flaws of the system that they're part of, but they can't escape and it. They need to be there because they don't want a normal job. He doesn't want to be like an accountant or whatever he's supposed to be back in America. And he's a real – he felt like a real person. A lot of these people did. I think James Badge Dale is very is, in the movie. Like the, and, I couldn't tell any of these people. Apart. Well, they well, all have beards and they all look like, like the clone our head is that these guys are all scared shitless. And like they're so – they're trying so hard not to let – the this this fear seep through their armor, both literally and figuratively. But they are they know how undermanned they are. They know how dangerous it is there, despite what they've been told allegedly by their government. Uh, that there's no real threat here. I mean, their immediate supervisor says that, and we already know, thanks to uh, recent history and what happens to them later in the film, that and there is a very real threat. Movie. Yeah, um, and like they are scared and. They may thrive on that in some instances, but this is not this is not Jarhead where they are just doing maneuvers uh, in Kuwait or I believe that was in Kuwait where like, you know, th- this is it's a very different tenor. And I think someone like Jordan sits down and expects to see Lone Survivor and sort of blinds himself into seeing that wow. uh, he does a tremendous disservice to uh, the readers of The Guardian well, everywhere well, and no, himself. I I'm, I'm between you two because. I do think the dog whistling interferes. It does exist. This isn't necessarily uh, us versus them uh, in terms of, you know, the the Libyans and us and not seeing eye to eye and not understanding them and just want to gun them all down. I don't think that's the problem. The problem here is this class war, this actual political conversation this movie is subtly having. um, Subtly? Okay, well... It class <laughs> obliquely having i'd say yeah, I mean, let, let, let's well, talk just about like, just like every yeah. time it has to mention that there's a failure for people to come in and and drop bombs or come in with extra troops or there's a failure with the government or like this isn't how it used to be or you know just all these comments they keep making that allude to i think there's a part of the movie where they're talking about the mortars you know, well if these mortars we're hitting us from this far away. This must this must have been an attack weeks in advance. You know, just playing. Right, right. Into that's the conspiracy. that's there strictly for right wing radio. That's that's a talking point on right wing. But radio that's what interferes in- with what get what yeah. Bay I think gets right about this movie, which is the chaos of the situation. You know, Katie, uh, David, you and I were talking after the movie about how the geography of this um, compound attack scene is very scattered and kind of crazy. And I I do think Bay. Gets I was a not lazy. praising it for that. Just to be clear. No, no, you were not. No, we're saying. You you were knocking it, and I, and I think David and I kind of agreed that it was really just about the chaos, really not knowing where to go, and you know a lot of the troops get lost in this movie. Yeah, they, they don't know what the, the streets ambassador. are, and they don't know where who is their help and who is the people attack. Who are the people attacking them? Yeah, they can't go left. The guy forgets to go left. He's so shell shocked. Yeah, well, 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 the man has been inhaling the... smoke for two hours and just had like a bomb go off in his ear, and he's trying to but drive. And it's like the... this is insane. The part with the guy going left though is effective because you know what is to the right. Like you have you have had enough geography established outside of this compound to know what's to the right. You've seen what they passed through. You get what he's getting away from. Inside the compound, the geography makes no sense. There's no tension. There's no sense of where they are and who's but how where. How can there be? They've they never go been into a whole secondary space? building. You find like out there's a this dude has been in a whole different building I, from the ambassador the whole time, the, which I, I didn't know. I think camera we're talking over. about. But once they get on the roof, uh, yes, once they get on the I roof, it gets that, much yeah. much stronger. Yeah. yeah. Which proves me well, that I actually, they can do I think it. it gets a little slack in that part. I wish, <laughs> I wish 
this movie was tighter and didn't have yeah. to stretch through every wave of of Libyans coming at them. But I yeah, the, I was just talking about the was that it's war so simple. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty boring all throughout. But um, <laughs> the the, um, the the thing though that uh, that you were saying a moment ago um, about uh, so, sort of the the quote unquote dog whistling. I mean, I, I, I let, let's address the elephant in the room. This movie's coming out the right elephant? before the pri- whoa. Yes. The movie's coming out right before the first primaries. It's going to hit DVD and Netflix right before the general election. There's the movie's about Hillary Clinton. To you some sound people. like a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, right now. no, Jordan. This is exactly the kind of bullshit that this movie is not about. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Like you can use it just not like Benghazi. You can use right. it to whatever ends you want. But no, deal with you the text or don't. Ba- David, to defend it's, Jordan here, though, you're denying that Jordan it's like here. apolitical. It, it can't be, and it's not, and it's clearly nodding to the conservative agenda, and that's There's what no derails a lot of what it gets right. Movie. I'm not arguing that it's apolitical. I'm saying that it's just not – it's not meant to – it's explicitly – the politics that it represents are explicitly against the politics that mm. Jordan is trying to, to make. But circle. those are the people for whom this no. movie is made. That's the reason this movie got financed because they're the ones who saw American Sniper. They're the ones who are interested enough and those people need to like this movie for it to be successful. So, of course, it wants to keep And, and, and it plays the to movie that. Is about, the movie is a referendum on Hillary Clinton, period. That I don't. That, I don't know. That I don't I, totally I, agree. I don't think it's as specific as Hillary Clinton as it is to. I think it's a referendum on federal government and whether or not the government yes. is equipped to handle things like this, and well, whether or not it should be one so, man. That's I what's wished, so. Uh, I wish there was a tape of the movie right here. There are there are at least three times where the the camera lingers. Somebody says a statement like, "If only they'd pick up the phone." Dot dot dot. Yep. And every knucklehead in the audience is going to turn to their wife and say, "He means Hillary." That's yeah, what no. this movie is about. But here, here's That's what's interesting, exists. I think, that the movie is vague enough or that it's trying – it's striving to be objective enough that it, it kind of plays like a Rorschach because it, it, you, you, you have these troops that are standing up to Glenn from Breaking Bad, <laughs> um, who is the slimy Harvard-educated – His character's uh, name is Bob, which <laughs> is standing in for – we are not allowed to use the real name of this person. Right. right. He's a shock, has a little bit of a lisp. He maybe looks a little Jewish, certainly a little tubby. We don't know what's going on with this he's, guy. He's, you know, he went to liberal arts college and he just had a, a joy ride of a life. Um, and now he's running the show of the CIA. But he tells them explicitly not to go help people. He literally tells them stand down, which is a yes, because they have a very popular in Benghazi conspiracies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, there, so, there was the, people say that Hillary Clinton gave a stand down stand order, down. which is why the help never arrived. Now, so this is this is where it becomes extra political because it's like okay, so their orders they're supposed to defend this secret CIA base. This is the mission. This is what they signed up for. It's supposed to be secret, and these guys get in the CIA chief's face and are like, no, we have to save them. And he's like, no, well, this is the mission. I'm sorry. Like, this is what we have to do. This is what we've been assigned to do. And these are the costs of the duty, right? This is what happens when we interfere in global affairs. And these are the ramifications. And they are like, fuck you, dude, we're going. And they just take off. And I was curious about what, like, was there no punishment after that? Because they're defying orders. And for some, no, no, and they, I, they well, it was such a fuck up on all Well, ends. exactly. Yeah. I don't think well, they yeah. can be punished. But so I, I see that as like, well, is that supposed to be heroic or is that 
defying yeah. orders. Oh, definitely supposed to be heroic. Like no, Michael it, Bay movies are all mo- about like and that's how it's the political. bureaucracy that's trying to hold you back. Exactly. And that's how it becomes automatically political and leaning towards a conservative agenda and where it gets right. monked up, I think. What's but also this is what also happened, so he's sticking to reality. Can you yeah. blame it? What, what, what also is kind of interesting, and, and this is uh, actually, uh, I don't, this is sort of... Uh, no judgment on my part. It, it, the, the, it's sort of an isolationist film. It's actually, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the moral is we shouldn't be in these, you know, backwards ass countries with all these foreigners anyway. And then, in fact, the funny line at the end is when one of the good guys turns to the one their translator says, you got to fix, you know, there's a lot of shit going on in your country. You got to yeah. figure this out. And um, a man who's been a man from I, uh, he's from Libya, right? Yeah, no, and what's amazing is the movie does open with a crawl of like, you know, the you know, what happened before the Benghazi attack was that uh it was mostly led by Britain, but Britain, the NATO countries, and the US bombed the shit out of Libya, and then, you know, these guys came in and then they leave and say, You gotta figure your shit out. Yeah. You know, it's uh, Well no, I mean you watch a movie of- like this or you read the facts in Libya, you're like, Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have been there. Like it's not hard to make an isolationist isolationist argument specific to Libya. Especially because, you know, these soldiers are being treated like junk and these aren't even soldiers. They're secret soldiers and they're they're quasi um uh, private and they're, you know, mercenaries, whatever you want to call them, special defense contractors. I mean, we had those in Iraq and Afghanistan and everywhere else too. Yeah, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit sketchy, but anyway, look and also by the way, if Michael Bay does want to make a movie that boos and hisses Hillary Clinton, that's fine. I got no problem with that. Just be honest about it. You know, Zero Dark Thirty, which some people thought was going to be very uh, uh, have a lot of approbation for Obama for getting um, uh, Bin Laden. If you remember, they pushed that till after the general election. They said, "Oh, we'll show it." We'll show it after November. Originally, it was gonna it was gonna uh, come out beforehand. So that just shows a little bit of a nicer hand, I think. Uh, this you know this movie is timed, you know, for for all that's going to be happening this year, and and I think that it's uh, it I think that it's an agenda. I and you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't even. I don't. <laughs> First of all, Michael Bay has been trying to make this movie years before Benghazi happened. Once upon a time, it was called Black Hawk Down, and Ridley Scott pulled it out away from him. He was six hours away from getting the rights to Lone Survivor when he was scooped by Peter Hackberg, who exists to show the world and remind the world of Michael Bay's relative talent. And this was simply the latest military mishigash to come along. And I think that he found the story in there that he wanted to tell. I really I, – I'm very averse to the conspiratorial approach to this movie um, – do I think that, you know, if, if I had to if you put a, a gun to my head and say, does it lean to the right or to the left? Uh, I would probably say it leans to the right. I am a dyed-in-the-wool liberal. Uh, I think a lot of fuck-ups were made on, on behalf of the Democratic Party and power structures that were put in place before the Obama administration was there. Uh, I, but I'm trying to see it how these characters see it. Exactly. And, and that's I think that's what why Jordan it works. It's failing to do, and he's failing the movie as a result of that. Well, but, okay, so yeah. Well, I, I, if I may, if I may defend myself, Katie, these are real people. Uh, 
they're real people in life. The, the, the movie are not real. But this is a shitty movie with bad dialogue, boring action, and mediocre acting. And I don't think I'm failing the film when the film fails to meet me in any way. I will say I that mean, the, most offensive, I, I was, the most offensive scene in the movie is not uh, a moment between the Americans and the Libyans. And it's not a moment between liberal CIA whippersnappers and macho conservative men. It's when um, John Krasinski uh, FaceTimes his wife and his wife is driving. And she picks up the <laughs> FaceTime phone and she has like five thousand kids she's in the back at of her the car. drive-in i think no she's driving to a mcdonald's. mcdonald's and she's facetiming as she's driving what the fuck Werner herzog is having a sh- he's melting oh, down yeah. right now yeah it's true you're gonna kill somebody <laughs> well, like that it, it's also like it's the it's the one it's the most emotional moment in the film when he learns he's gonna be a father again Whoa! Who <laughs> gives a shit? And it's the most emotional moment, and it's big product placement for, of all things, Oh, McDonald's. my God. If you're Jordan, that's everything that's wrong about how you're watching this movie. Not that there's a right way and a wrong way, but you found the wrong way. If you're looking at this scene and thinking, oh, the McDonald's that you can only really identify because they talk about Happy Meals, the proprietary yeah, they, meals. They, they drop it. It's a if, free commercial. But, like, if that is what you are coming away with from, I mean, when it's that ambient. Like, two two hours and four, 30 minutes of, uh, of action like, filmmaking and the five-minute Happy Meal. so much more <laughs> offensive to me than Michael Bay's agenda. And politically, you know that we agree. <laughs> The, the emotions of this movie are, are so inauthentic as they are in most Michael Bay movies that I thought the same thing. Yeah, but the I thing, cry during Transformers 4. The thing that bugs uh, me about this movie, politics-wise, is that it, it lingers so long on the question of why didn't any help come. And, like, clearly Michael Bay wanted to make this movie is because help didn't come. Because he had the chance to make this kind of, like, six-men-against-the-world movie at Alamo Last Stand. Like, it literally references, one of the characters references the Alamo. And it asks over and over again why no one came. And it has this lingering shot of jets on a runway somewhere that aren't showing up and then it never answers the question like it, it doesn't have the guts to follow through on whatever version of the story it wants to tell no and it it's leaves it th- blank it's threading- so you can fill it with your crazy ideas yeah <laughs> it's, it's threading the needle of politics in a, like, a yeah. really canny way like Michael Bay can come up there and say like this is just a story of what's on the ground this isn't political at all and like you can't like you can wag your finger at him but he, he can pull it off like he did it well but that means the movie doesn't have a point of view and that is what bugged me about it in the end it's just about these guys and how they survive. So what's the point? Like, well, I why guess the make- point is, is it exciting? Like, he's making this movie to make an action movie where guys with guns look awesome, right? I mean, I don't think the movie fetishizes the action in the way that Jordan has alluded to. It's definitely not a Transformers movie. It's not any of his movies. It's not Bad Boys. This isn't like throwing dead bodies out the back of a car and, and watching as they explode and gore i mean this is not i mean you, although you do see multiple heads get rolled over shit. by cars yeah this is a violent movie um but, and later someone gets their hand blown off well kind of and it's oh just god dangling oh god that, that is that's almost gotta be the throw worst up. oh my god that is it's all the movies that is shit fucked up but i this movie doesn't have a point action wise for me like it doesn't really structure itself so that the standoff is really engaging it's a very it's rambling and i found myself moved and provoked by 
how scary the action is and and the situation just really not knowing when someone could shoot at you from behind or not knowing if these kids who are coming up to the compound are gonna are they friend or foe like that really is tense stuff Hmm. the action filmmaking is not that interesting i find it very um you know uh, it's just shaky cam stuff i thought this wasn't bay at his best i was really no i missed i missed big glossy michael bay like i don't think his strengths are in this kind of hand-to-hand pearl harbor Yeah, uh, all, I, all yes, the time he yes. quotes Pearl Harbor. That's well, a bad sign. Yeah, but I just like wanted I wanted James Cameron or Catherine Bigelow or someone who knows geography in a scene. I'm, like, I'm going to complain about this all the time, but those scenes that are chaos, you can depict chaos without having it be completely unintelligible to the audience to, to give them stakes. This is like, uh, it's strange because this is one of my very biggest pet peeves about staging action in film. I, I'm very sensitive to where the geography is lacking uh, and when I feel lost, and uh, I, I feel this way every time I see an action sequence in a Marvel movie, which is just garbage coverage cut together, except for the one exception being the end of Avengers. And uh, it's hack filmmaking, and I am I like to think like I'm. I, it's not whether uh, I can sense it or not sense it. It's just that I have a uh, uh, a low tolerance for it. I feel like when it's not done well. And I really was on board with how they did it here. I don't think that it being, I mean, there's still a lot of Michael Bay gloss here. The tatters of that building waving in slow motion. Oh, the American flag sunk yeah. halfway down the pool. A lot of blues and yellows here. But it looks you know, very video also at times. I, I think I, on purpose. I think yeah. to create a more mm-hmm. documentary kind of. The, uh, the, the very saturated uh, look of it. I mean, I was shocked that Dion Beeb, this is his first film that he shot for Michael Bay because before looking at the cinematographer, I would assume that it was someone who would worked with him several times. It syncs up with the look of his film so well. But I don't think that anything glossy or to use that word would have been appropriate here. Um, that could mean that you, you know, just don't think that Michael Bay was the right fit for this material. And uh, I don't know, you know, I, I I don't know if anyone was the right fit for this material. I don't know if we need a Benghazi movie. I think it's something <laughs> like United 93, which I think is a great film. And I wrestle all the time with the value of that movie. Why does it exist? Why did I watch it? I know that it affected me profoundly, but I, I don't, oh. like, I, I, you know, but I, I do think that uh, the Michael Bay that came to the table for this movie was the right Michael Bay. If they I had to you're giving Michael him too much credit. I mean, th- those moments and I, the, like what patch was alluded to earlier when they're running into the compound and these two kids come up and you don't know whether they're on the, what to reduce it to whether they're good guys or bad guys. I mean, it's, it's in there, but the way he does it, it's sort of like, and what's the point? Like, what's the what is he trying to say? And it comes out being, to me anyway, kind of a nasty implication. You know, just like, just it comes out like I, I just. Do you I think he plays some of that for comedy in a weird way? Like he had, I mean, Michael Bay no, has been accused for, of, of for, racism in the past. Yeah, I think he plays it for xenophobia. I mean, I don't. Know if, I'm not saying this man is xenophobic, but. It, it plays that way to me. It just is a nasty vibe. And I feel that, you know, there would have been other ways. Look, you want the fog of war and confusion and terror and horror. You know, look at a movie like Son of Saul, David Ehrlich's favorite movie, Son of Saul. Nah. I mean, my actual think, favorite uh, movie. Son yeah, I mean, Katie's actual favorite. <laughs> think about that moment specifically when the two kids are at the back door and you don't know what side they're on. And try to imagine if it had been. In the world of Son of Saul, that's saying at the setting, but so, sort of that tone, <laughs> and just like you know, it, 
it just could have been played so much differently. And the way Michael Bay plays it, it's like part of a video game. It's just like, you know, here's the next in the, the next moment. And this is, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it just, it just didn't affect me in any way other than it just all, it all just felt very dour and nasty to me. So that's, that's my interpretation. See it. No, wait. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I'm curious just to end this uh, patches and David, like, would you tell people to go see this? No, I don't think I would recommend it. I mean, I'm definitely mixed positive as as I continue to weigh the movie, but there's not a lot. I, there's not a lot of value in it. I don't know. I didn't learn a lot. I liked the visceral experience, I suppose, but it's overloaded. It's meandering. I, I don't know. It's it's. Not not gonna be on my best of list at the end of the year. I'll tell you that. Okay, we're not, we're not even going there. <laughs> hey, Katie, what about you? Are you is this something that you, I'm, you? I would call myself more mixed negative. Um, I'm interested in Michael Bay, and I was interested to watch this for even though I don't think he was the best suited to the material. I was glad I was watching his version of this movie and not some other random hacks because he does make interesting choices, even if they're hilarious over the top choices. Yeah, this is not uh, Peter Berg's movie. I think we could all agree on that. There's a yeah. dumber, Fuck like even more reverent version of this movie that would be horrendous. I once saw Peter Berg in the middle of winter online at Whole Foods wearing sandals. <laughs> That's how men do it, David. That <laughs> That's the most important thing we've learned in this entire episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm intrigued by Michael Bay's work enough that I'm glad I saw it. But in no way would I tell even someone who wants to know what Michael Bay's up to to see this. He's a, a Wesleyan graduate. He is. He's Indeed. a Jew. Jordan. Is he a Jew? He's, he's he raised Jew. Jewish. Yeah. He's a Jew and he's he's related by marriage to uh Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yet Nimoy's... Jordan has the temerity <laughs> to <laughs> question him. It's offensive to me as a Jew and as yeah. someone who uh, he got a taste of that Florida, you know, vibe. He couldn't go yeah. back. Hey, by the way, I, Florida I, I, I basically... there are Jews in Florida. No, Lots of course of there are Jews yeah. in Florida. The, I, I basically liked. I didn't love, but I liked Pain and Gain. I thought I Pain loved and Pain. And Gain. This is not yeah. the time to do a referendum and all Michael Bay movies. <laughs> well, you know, well, but the other thing is, I say I'm going to shock you how how few of his movies I've actually seen. I've how seen the Transformers. Seen movies? Made six movies. I've never seen the uh, Island. That one, does, that one actually never... the i the this Benghazi movie reminds me a lot of the island in that it interferes with itself through kind of a mishandled addition to the script. Like it could be bare bones. The island could be about an escape. It could oh be God. just yeah. like. Why are we talking run. about the island? <laughs> I want to hear about the island. I, I saw the island. I forgot about that. One. I, I saw. Happened. I've seen every Michael Bay movie in theaters. Every one of them. Wow. And, uh, there's not that many. It's not much I've of an accomplishment. Bad Boys. And oh, like you were pretty gonna, young for Bad Boys. I've never seen the Bad Boys. <laughs> and I'm now going to shock you. I want you all to be seated. I've never actually seen Armageddon. She's on the Criterion Collection, Jordan. Jesus Christ. Right, and I, I can't be a party to this. I have seen The Rock. I've seen The Rock. I actually thought that was moderate. Moder- the Rock real. is one of the best movies of the 1990s. Uh, I saw Pearl uh, Harper dubbed in German in Austria. Whoa. I never saw Harbor either. It's a, right. That's a long You wouldn't get all the references in 13 hours. I've seen all, No, but I, re, I remember that shot. I know the shot you're talking about. And I've the seen all, well, all of the Transformers movies and Pain and Gain in 13 hours. I've seen most. Jordan Hoffman. You can find his writing on <laughs> The Guardian. Freedom don't come free. I'm an American soldier. An American. Beside my brothers and my sisters. I will proudly take a stand When liberty's in jeopardy I will always do what's right 
Hey, Patches, what was this week's lightning round question? Yes, it was in honor of 13 Hours, the Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. That's the full title. Uh, what other recent conservative <laughs> conspiracy theory might make an entertaining movie? Guys, we got a lot of good answers on this one. Uh, but Jordan, you have one first. Yeah, I would say either something to do with chemtrails or maybe... Um, misappropriation of NEA funds uh, in the making of uh, Piss Christ. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Taking it back to the 80s. Wow. Wait, who, who, how do you see that as a movie, exactly? Well, it's, uh, it who would be a long... Who Andre Serrano? I would say that it would certainly be streaming. Ah, oh, whoa. Oh, my God. Would that it were so simple, Jordan? <laughs> David, your answer, or your choice of a listener answer. I'm going to go with Ankeel Renan at Triguous, who says a women's health clinic selling baby parts for cold hard cash. That where's that movie? Because these people are fucking mental. Anyway, uh, patches. How about you? It's getting really political in here. Uh, I'm gonna go with at Frosty underscore Brew Everett Brewer, who said National Treasure Three: The Search for Obama's Birth Certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch uh, it. Uh, mine is uh, mine is also about Obama's birth certificate, but it's a suggestion from Michael Arbeiter, who said, Obama having been born in Kenya, but done like the proposal. So it's a uh, rom-com in which he has to marry someone in order to stay in the country. Oh, that's sweet. I like that. <laughs> I really like that And w- what's great about that is that it could all, the great production values, because you got to go to Hawaii, right? Because allegedly he was born there, if you believe... Uh, you know what the lamestream media tells you, yeah. And uh, you know everything in Hawaii is look nice. You, and That's you get true. Peter Burke. Like, uh, it'll be like forgetting Sarah Marshall, David's favorite well, movie. I was, I was thinking more like Battleship, so you can get Peter Burke. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it's a yeah. rom com. Is it going to be on a Battleship? Battleship. We really got to refine our pitch for this. Uh, that does it for this week's fighting in the war room. We'll be back next week, hopefully not talking about Benghazi or any other conservative the very political theories. Kung Fu Panda Three. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, in the meantime, tell the people who you are. Starting with Jordan. Hi, um, I'm Jordan Hoffman. You can find me in the hell of my own making. Uh, no, you can find me on the internet at Jay Hoffman on Twitter at Jay Hoffman. David. Is, that is that what I'm supposed to say? Or? Yes, that is what you're supposed to say. Well done. And uh, I am Matt Patches. I am the entertainment editor of Thrillist.com. And I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches. I'm David Ehrlich. I am a staff writer at Rolling Stone. And I am currently trying to get back to my uh, Begazi review for Slate, which uh, hopefully, if, if you see the sun rise a little brighter... Tomorrow, you will know that I've made it, and you can go on Slate and read. You are going to get hey, amazing hey, conspiracy uh, theorist comments. Hey, I'm not hey, reading the comments on this one. <laughs> hey, 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 David! If if we keep you too long, your Slate review will be a little Slate. Nah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, God, uh, let's send Jordan Hoffman and Peter Berg to Benghazi <laughs> as a two-man unarmed documentary team. Hello, are you Ben? Benghazi? Nice to meet you, Ben. Listen. <laughs> I'm not done yet, Jordan. Oh. I'm Katie Rich. I'm on tw- at VanityFair.com and on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-E-C-H. Thank you for listening. We'll be back talking to you next week. <laughs>